from then I decided that I would apply for the position. Then I applied for the position. And once I applied for the position, it gives me this advantage that I can tell in my application, I have talked to so-and-so. Yeah. And so-and-so is already in the company. Then they can go back to that person and say, hey, what do you think of Lupin? afternoon or good morning wherever you uh, may be tuning in i'm jeff kozlowski i'm a marketing communications manager here at university of rochester school of medicine and dentistry uh, we are live again for another career discussion uh, with one of our alumni who we'll, we'll bring on in just a second his name is lubin darval he is a 2021 graduate of our cellular molecular pharmacology PhD program. And he is currently in Boston, Massachusetts, working with Akiro Therapeutics as a preclinical scientist. Lubin, welcome. How are you? Great. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here and good to see you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, just first, um, you know, I, I know I did a very short intro there at the top, but would love to just kind of kind of quickly hear a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, um, how you ended up at University of Rochester, and, and ultimately Boston. Yeah, um, well, I grew up, I was born and raised in Haiti, and shortly after high school, I moved to South Florida, where I did my undergrad studies at um, Nova Southeastern University. Then after that, I went to um, University of Rochester for my grad studies and actually one of my mentors while I was doing my undergrad mentioned that I should look into um, the program knowing that what I wanted to study for my PhDs and he mentioned University of Rochester and that's how I ended up looking into the program applying and going to interview and and the rest is just history I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your role with Akiro Therapeutics. What exactly does a, a preclinical scientist do? Yes, as a preclinical scientist, um, my main one of my main uh, roles is to you know, understand the uh, pharmacology of our leading candidate. Now we have a drug EFX, Efoxyfermin, that's in clinical trial in phase two B now. Uh, for the treatment of NASH and liver fibrosis. And one of the um, you know, main role is to understand its pharmacology and lead collaborations with different um, people, whether it's um, a PI at a university or different CROs, contract research organizations. And the second part of my job is to also help with the um, development of our pipeline. As a startup, Usually, you, know, you have one drug, one leading, um, well, not drug, sometimes one leading compound that you're trying to get to the market. But with one leading compound, it becomes um, sort of, it's, it either works or it doesn't work. So you need to develop a pipeline um, to have more than just one compound in the, at least in clinical trial and hopefully get to the market. And what what um, sort of drew you to this 
kind of work you know when when you went to when you started grad school was being a, a preclinical scientist something that was on your radar or was it kind of um, something that you thought of you know thought more and more about as you as you you know went along that journey not at all <laughs> i'm in grad school i um i went to the pharmacology department at UFR, and i my project actually i worked with fgf 21 um the fibroblast cofactor 21 and in the context of opioid use disorder and it just so happened that this company akio therapeutics is the leading compound is um afx and analog of fgf 21 so it was just a great match for me to transition into once i uh, knew about the company i reached out and talked to people from the company and I felt like it would be a good match and I, trans I applied for um, a position. But as a grad student, I didn't really see myself as a preclinical scientist. And I think a lot of times, you know, in grad school, you kind of see or uh, think of a path forward, but I was, I guess, flexible enough to let kind of, you know, the transition happen and moving into that position you know one of the one of the main things of course we wanted to chat about during this uh event today is linkedin i know it was sort of a, a key in in helping you along your your journey lubin um so just first you know i know we'll kind of talk about some more specifics but how important was linkedin and that whole idea of networking when it came to your job search Yes, um, this is a perfect timing since you mentioned Eric's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I'll have to say I haven't updated my LinkedIn in a minute, um, which is not a good thing. <laughs> Once I got the job, I didn't really update it um, since then. Um, but yeah, um, in grad school, like when I was getting ready to um, transition and apply for different positions, I went and talked to Eric uh, many, many times, and we came up with a plan to, you know, work on LinkedIn on um, find letters of recommendations and um, discuss, you know, the different um, jobs or positions or titles I would be open to. And uh, LinkedIn was really key to kind of moving forward, and I started really working with creating a profile that would kind of in the field that I wanted to go into. Mm. And uh, one of the best ways to do that is to look at people in the field that you want to go into, look at their profile and take pictures if you want to, screenshot and, you know, create your LinkedIn similarly. Because um, once you have a LinkedIn that's, you know, like there's some expectation on what, if I go to your LinkedIn, what I what I want to see, what I expect to see, and once you create the LinkedIn profile that way, recruiters or uh, people who are hiring, hiring managers, will quickly take a glance and find what they are looking for, and quickly decide if they are looking forward or not. In this digital world, it's it's easy to you know find the information you're looking on someone without even talking to them. And a lot of times you can just reach out to someone in their contact that you know 
and find the information you're looking for. So LinkedIn was key in building LinkedIn in a way that people can find the information mm. and you can clearly put out what you want to put out, out there is very, very important. And what are some of the, I guess, key, th like if somebody watching is like, wow, okay, I need to update my LinkedIn profile. It sounds, sounds important. What is yeah. kind of the, the, a few things they should focus on first is it you know i yes. i know obviously when you go to somebody's profile you you see the top you see their picture you see there's a yeah. brief summary there of some of the you know i guess of, of kind of everything they do but so it you know in your opinion and or if anything you worked on specifically with eric as far as some of the key pieces of of a good solid linkedin profile yeah i think for the most part it will depend on know what you're doing or what position you're looking into um, but generally there are certain things that we all can can agree on um, you should have a nice profile picture um, that says like that's you um, you should have maybe a background picture that maybe says something about you or something that necessarily not necessarily something you do always, but something you enjoy or something you like, or something similar to that. And there's um, there's a space to personalize what you want to say and about um, your position um, your position now. Then it would be important to add, you know, two or three sentences in, or maybe one sentence in this section. So basically, your profile picture. Um, a summary of what you're doing now and maybe then it's um, sometimes some people want to see you know what you've been doing the past four or five years so mm -hmm. a cv or a resume and it doesn't have to be a complete resume but just to have an idea of what you've been doing maybe in the past four or five years and if you can go even further than that then that's even better um, and if you're in grad school, you know, people will expect to see maybe presentations that you gave or um, conferences you went to, work you did in lab or outside of lab. Things like that matter a lot. And, you know, as a scientist, you know, for me, it was, I wasn't looking for a job as a preclinical scientist, but I know it was going to be something with the science field. Then at the very top, you would see um, certain traits that describe me as a scientist, you know, um, so going to conferences and mm. presentations, whether it's posters or all presentations. And most departments will have seminars that showing that you can talk about your science, you can do outreach work. It's, you know, almost as important to be good in the lab and, and to be also, you know, a good science communicator or speaker yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that i know in my own um you know job search it really it wasn't until i started regularly posting to linkedin that i started to see more folks reaching out to me or like being willing to connect with me or just comment on my yes. work and you kind of develop virtual relationships that way that can go a long way did you kind of notice like you know before you kind of put a focus on linkedin um to to when you you know you worked with eric and you started 
um, making some updates. Did you kind of see a shift in, in that kind of stuff too? Like more, maybe more connections or more interest profile views? Yes, most definitely. Um, once I had a LinkedIn that clearly stated, you know, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to focus on, um, I, because during that time I was reaching out to a lot of people just to have, um, a five, you know, 30 minute, five, 10, 30 minute, um, call with them, like an interview yeah. to question, um, what they do and learn about, you know, the normal day and what they do and how they got there. And a lot of times people just don't reply and you don't really lose anything from that. You just keep you know, sending messages, keep, um, adding people. But once I had a LinkedIn that was very um, clear, very precise, my response was definitely mm -hmm. way more. Before that, I would probably get one out of five people would respond back and set like a, a schedule and interview. But after that, everything was clear. It was definitely three to four people out of five. So that's very important. And these people, some of them talked to me more than once. Mm. And a few of them I consider part of my network now. Um, I follow them um, very closely, you know, see what they're doing every now and then. We will communicate through messages. And that, that is very important for someone like me who is very new to my field and is just starting to kind of learn it all and grow in the field. That's interesting. So you were using it to, you know, try to reach out to folks just to get some do some informational interview type stuff, right? Just to kind yes. of get a feel for the work, the culture, the um, just kind of what it's what it's like working there. Uh, and and you noticed more responses from from requests like that after you kind of clean things up a bit. Exactly, yeah. because a lot of times um, these people will when you send a message, a lot of times they will look at your profile and then decide to accept or not, and then you know respond back to you and if you have a LinkedIn profile that's very neat and they can clearly see the things you've been doing the things you want to do yeah. and they can decide hey, I could help this person with a 30 minute interview and it's easier for them to just accept and respond back absolutely that's great yeah. great stuff Lubin I guess you know we we're coming up on you know, well, I know PhD students are kind of always it's sort of a rolling quote unquote graduation yeah. as they defend their thesis and whatnot. But um, those that may be coming up on a thesis defense and getting ready to graduate, uh, is there sort of one piece of advice that you could give them as they enter the job market? Um, I guess as trivial as this may sound, um, take it one day at a time. Um, there's a lot you need to do but it's it's easier to take one small step and then keep going that way and be consistent um, you'll have to write your thesis um, write or um, respond to a viewers comment on your manuscripts if you recently or have to submit one um, you'll have for the most part to look for jobs and work on your resume or CV or LinkedIn and also you know, trying to schedule um, a thesis. So it's a lot <laughs> happening in a very short time. Yeah. Um, so it's good to, you know, if you're writing your thesis and 
you can't come up with the next five or 10 sentences. Maybe take a 15 minute quiz and jump to LinkedIn. Um, you know, like allowing the mind to just, or the brain to just like do something else and then get back to writing. Mm-hmm. I think that can also help. And, you know, having interviews, uh, informational interviews with people. Um, yes, it's important to talk to as many people, but maybe not four or five in one day. <laughs> um, so really trust, you know, um, just do your best and do a little bit every day instead of, you know, um, rushing and getting really um, tired early or <laughs> midway feeling like you can't keep going. It's, it's tough because you're doing so much in a short period of time. But once you're done with all of it, it's, it's worth it. Um, I guess we all know that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and reach out if you need help, if you need to talk to a friend or um, people to, that can help with either with the writing part or the um, like career development. You know, the CPD has people who um, do a really, a really great job with that. And a lot of times other students can help also. So yeah, I think that that's the way I would go. <laughs> I love it. It's easy to get yeah. overwhelmed, but when you kind of maybe break things down into smaller tasks, it's, it yeah. makes it seem, you know, a little more attainable. Um, Most definitely. Real quick, Lubin, if you wouldn't mind, I, I know we talked about yeah. you messaging potential employers about yeah. um, informational interviews. Can you give me a sense of like what those... You know, I would imagine that, that those messages should be probably a certain length, right? It, you know, I know people yeah. are, um, a lot of folks you might be reaching out to might be short on time. And um, yes. so what kind of people were you reaching out to as far as like their job titles and, and yeah. what did those messages look like? Yeah, so, um, you know, I actually, I'll give an example with this job. I reached out to um, the person who was the principal scientist back then. Um, and it was a simple message saying hi, and then his name, and um, this is why I'm I'm a student at University of Rochester in this department, and I'm interested in this field, and in this company I saw that you work for this company. Is it possible to, you know, have um, a short meeting, and just like go over a few questions and. Um, learn so I can learn a little bit more about the company and what you do. Very simple. Yeah. And um, he responded and we talked, we had a, I think we had a 45 minute conversation and, you know, a lot of times you can tell if the person is really happy with the company, mm. happy with the job and, you know, excited about the work they do or not. And um, from then, I decided that I would apply for the position, then I applied for the position. And once I applied for the position, it gives me this advantage that I can tell in my application, I have talked to so-and-so. Yeah. And so-and-so is already in the company. Then they can go back to that person and say, hey, what do you think of Lupin? So yes. that's always great. And there are a few other people that I reach out. It's always the same format. You know, tell them, hey, I see you, you work in this field. I'm interested in this and that. This is what I do now. Would you be able to um, chat with me? Um, have a quick 30-minute call. 
I love and, that about being able to then say, you know, when you go to apply, oh, I, I spoke to so-and-so. Um, that's all, like an almost an automatic, if the conversation went well, an automatic reference in-house exactly. um, that you wouldn't have had yes. before. Yeah. Yes. You have someone in the company that they can go back to and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And that person can say, yeah, I talked to so-and-so, very interesting person. I think that person could help us. Then yeah. you know you have some sort of, um, I guess, an edge um, above like other people who just apply blindly. So it's sure. always worth it to reach out. And even if it doesn't work out, you get to learn about, you know, options. Because a lot of times as, you know, PhD students or scientists, we think it's we have to be in lab in the next steps. And it's great if you want to be in the lab. <laughs> it's great if you love um, being in there. Um, but you can also be here <laughs> at home <laughs> working as a preclinical scientist. And we do have an office, as I told you. But we plan when to go to the office just to have a, a pers- an in-person meeting. But for the most part, the science happens here. <laughs> I guess part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of positions that you probably wouldn't think that are out there by talking to people, you can learn that, hey, I actually can do this. I actually can do that. Yes, a different, can maybe discover some different ways to use those skills that you've developed in grad school. Exactly. Um, Is using like a hashtag keyword in your about section any help? Like hashtag pharmaceuticals, for example, like does that matter versus not using a hashtag? I think it can be helpful um, just because LinkedIn now can be used for so many things. And I can just go on LinkedIn now and look for um, pharmacology. Mm -hmm. Then if you know, you have pharmacology hashtag, then that would give it a higher chance of showing up. So maybe normally I wouldn't see your profile, but with that, the hashtag, maybe I will see it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with everything, you kind of, you can't go in there and have everything hashtagged. So right. there's a limit, you know, I'm not saying you could do two or three, but there's a limit to how many, um, you know, words or terms how often or how much you should use the hashtag yeah but yeah um there's so much now you can do with linkedin and the more i use it the more i realize hey i wish i knew all this while i was in grad school um so yeah not a bad idea at the time you were defending and looking for jobs via linkedin were you targeting jobs in the boston market or just looking anywhere um i had a few places in mind um that i was looking for um i think it also, it's also important to know like the field you want to go into, mm. where are these jobs? And these are things you can just, a Google search will help. Um, you know, the things that I, um, I was looking into, Boston is a um, very a big hub for that. Um, San Francisco and San Diego are also big in that and Philadelphia also. Mm. There are a few other cities that have a lot of these jobs, but mostly I was looking mostly in um, San Francisco, Boston, and Philly. And this company actually, um, the the headquarter is in San Francisco, but um, I decided to move to Boston instead. 
and they were okay with it and it's working out that's great yeah we're, i guess yeah. uh Ro rochester to boston's a little bit easier than rochester Ways, san francisco yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh if there is a, a place that people can connect with you if they want to reach out directly where is the best place to do that yeah um it's easy to connect with me on linkedin and a simple message i'm okay with that and um I c you can also reach out um to uh, my um akio email it's luben at akio a-k-e-r-o-t-x um dot com luben at akio t-x dot com all right and you know send a message anytime and if you are um at your far and i'm sure eric can easily connect you um to me and again um all these things i'm saying i'm sure eric can help you and <laughs> show it <laughs> a lot a lot more and so don't you know if you're at your uh, make sure you go see them at the cpd <laughs> Once again, um, Lubin, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, it's really great, great stuff on on LinkedIn. I hope I hope our viewers can, um, you know, take something away and, and go make an make an update to your profile today, especially if you're uh, getting ready to to hop into the job market. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks again, Lubin. Really really appreciate the time. Great, thank you for having me. It was nice um, discussing this with you. And again. Um, if there's any question, just connect anytime and I'm ready and I'm available to help however I can. <laughs>